Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You just be sitting up there jacked. <laughs> I'm there for the pot goat. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name's douglas Bowes. i'm robbie denning Roy i see don't mind me i'm just stuffing my face well it's all good i'm still waking up are you? Yeah, I'm fighting something off right now. I've been up for a bit, but I just can't quite snap out of it. Should I? Yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to get uh, back in routine here. So I uh, I went to bed a little later, and I usually do. I'm usually like 8 30, 9 o'clock bedtime. Oh, really? Yeah. But last night, Wyatt's into action movies now. So we, uh, we were up watching um the hell's the name of that show? Uh No Country for Old Men. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. It's been a while. I remember that being a pretty good good show if I remember it right. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen it. It's um, a couple of years old or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know one thing I, I notice about all these shows is how come they can never get the fucking well, not this show, because the guy at the beginning that uh he was hunting uh antelope um which didn't make any sense to me either because so like do you remember the movie not a whole lot i'd have to look at like the the picture of it and everything and it'll probably come back to me so he's like he's he's out hunting antelope and then he he shoots the antelope and he's blood trailing it and then he comes across the intersecting blood trail and he starts glassing around he sees this dog limping so then he, out of curiosity, he starts following the dog. Well, no, I think actually he glassed off and he's seen a tree with a man's silhouette underneath it. Gotcha. 
So then he just like completely forgets about the antelope and like goes after he starts going towards this guy or he starts following the dog. I'm pretty sure. And then he's seen the silhouette of the guy in the tree and then he went to it and there was a bunch of money, but he never did go back after the antelope. You got to go back after the antelope. Well, I mean, in his defense, he just, I, he just did get like a million bucks or something. And this is supposed to be like in the seventies or something, but what, I wonder whatever happened to the antelope. It was a nice antelope too. I was going to say the taxidermy's paid for. Mm-hmm. Full mount that bitch. Um, but you ever notice in like all these movies, like they have deer and you're like, what fucking kind of deer is that? Yeah. Like I am legend. And what was the other one? Growing ups too. And the deers in the house. And it's like, <laughs> I remember hunters like dad, what kind of deer is that? I'm like, fuck, I have no idea what kind of deer that is. That's Hollywood deer. Yeah. It's uh that's its own mountain right there. Yeah. I know. It's funny when you look at that and you're just. You're wondering where they even got this. Like they could have done a quick Google search or something. Yeah, I wonder why they don't make them look like real deer. I don't know. That's a good question. That was a nice rack on that one in Grown Ups, though. That was definitely a wall mounter. Yeah. <laughs> so you got your uh, whitetail all. Speaking of mounts and taxidermy and all that stuff. Yeah, today I got most of it. I haven't started bleaching yet. Um, been kind of bouncing around between the Reno and trying to get everything lined up at work for the holidays and stuff before all my coworkers go on, uh, on break. So I've been pretty busy, but, uh, I got most of it cleaned out. I think today I'll bring it back down to the shop and, uh, give it one last boil. I had a buddy that uh, showed me some of his heroes and man, his are, I thought mine were white, but he got his like crazy white. What kind and, of bleach do you use? Well, I use the hairdresser, like the 40, uh, 40%. It's a mixture between the powder and the liquid. But when he's doing his simmering, he also dumps a bunch of borax in it. Yeah, that, that's what it, I haven't done them in a while, but that's how I always did it was just add a little bit of borax. Yeah, so I'm going to do that today because I got a tiny bit more. I got to get out of my deer skull. I mean, they're they're clean enough. They're, they're in my house right now. You know, they don't stink or anything, but there's a couple little pieces I got to pull out, but I need it nice and soft to get those pieces do you, out. Do you like bleach them in like dish soap just to get all the grease out and warm, like warm water, like while almost I'm, to the point of boil? While I'm simmering them, yeah. I just dump a shit ton of, uh, I use Dawn. Dawn oh, dish yeah. soap seems to pull the oil out the best, but I'll do that two or three times. Like I don't like it too hot because I don't want to split the skulls. Just you dry them out too yeah. much if you, if you heat them up too much. So um, I think this will be my last my last boil I'm still I'm doing my my bear that I got in the springtime at the same time so I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to do that one one more time or not because I've heard they're the greasiest and this bear is my first bear so I'm not not 100% sure how many times you actually need to boil it to get simmer it don't boil them yeah um, you got to just simmer you don't want to boil them you don't want to use bleach directly on them because it fucks up the skull that's right so yeah, I'm not sure how many times I'm going to have to, it'll be a guessing game really as to how many times I, I simmer it and pull it out, but I'm, I'm almost done that stage. And then if I can get that done today, I don't know, probably sometime this week, I'll sit down for some arts and crafts after work one night and get them pasted up and wrapped up. And how long, you let, how long do you let them? I like 10 days has been my, my That's money magic number. Yeah, I used to try, like I had a bunch of experimental deer, like a couple mule deer and stuff. And then I did my brother's deer the other year. 
And I started experimenting with like, you know, four or five days and then seven days. And then with Evie's moose, Rick, I let it sit for like 10 days and it worked out even nicer. So I'll probably stick with like 10 days. And somebody told me to put toilet paper on it too. Like put your paste on. Oh, and, and maybe just holds paper, it in there. Soaks it in there and just kind of pulls it. And then you just give it a wash. And obviously the toilet paper just breaks down and washes away. So you boilers and where do you pressure wash? That That is the worst part because wherever you're going to pressure wash, it's going to stink. Yeah, I do mine down at work. So I get most of like the bulk of the meat, the hide, everything off for the most part. So there's not chunks flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, basically what I leave is right around the pedestals. Those always see, I don't want to nick them up with the knife because yeah. you always get focused in on that part where they join the head. So I'll get 95% of all the crap off just with a knife and taking my time. And then usually I'll grab a pallet or something like that, bring it down to work and then just use the hot sea down there. And I find the hot water out of the hot sea even better than just a pressure washer because it just softens it up that much more. Mm -hmm. So Not too high pressure though, eh? No, I try to stay away from it. I'm not sticking it right on it because yeah. um, you're trying to save. Once you do a couple, you realize how many little intricate uh, pieces of cartilage are actually mm -hmm. inside the nose and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you start to learn to stay away from it a bit and, you know, use tweezers and little scrapers and stuff like that to pull out that other stuff. But it's, it's kind of like a trial and error thing, really. It's, uh, they're not hard to do. You can find lots of YouTube information on it, but you're definitely gonna, you're gonna mess up a little bit here and there. End result, I'm sure will always look good because they are actually really easy to do. It's like with Evie's moose, I didn't realize some of the, it turned out awesome, but there's actually a little bit of cartilage I accidentally blew out of the nose a bit. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. The next moose will, will be a little bit better than, uh, than her. So that's all. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I get, uh, I just got my buffalo skull back. I got beetle from Dan Harvey. I, I do, I, the only thing, like, that's the only downfall about doing it yourself is when you're pressure washing just getting that and it just stinks like i've done yes. it a few times in my front yard and my wife's just not happy so it's easier now just to drop it off pick it up in a few weeks and then he does the beetles are good because they don't wreck anything and then he does kind of the same process the degreasing and then the bleaching we, do you have a few people that do it out there the one problem we found here is like we've had a few people doing it over the years but it's like oh okay i didn't get mine this year but such and such is doing it. And then you get your animal and you're like, give them a call. I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing it anymore. Or they moved away. Like we've gone through tons of them. I, I think there are a lot of work to maintain, like to keep your beetles alive and stuff. Yeah. Well, they have to constantly feed or else they die, but then he just buys some new ones, but he was pretty busy. So I think he was, um, but there is hunter's union in salmon arm, which is close. Oh, okay. Um, she does them out of there and Dan does them in town. Um, like the taxidermists, they'll do them, but they don't do beetles. They just boil them. And it's like, well, I can just boil it. Yeah. The whole purpose is to get away from the boiling, but I guess some people don't have time, but yeah, it's, uh, no. So I got that back. Did you find a place to hang it? Yeah, I did it right above the door. Did you? That's fucking running I think... on a wall space everywhere. Like I was like, well, I don't even, I can't even hang it. Like it was, it's pretty big too. It looks pretty big. Yeah, so like with those buffalo heads, they're pretty big. So, but I'm just like, 
I got no wall space anywhere. Like my house is, I mean, it's not that I have like, it's not like a museum. It doesn't look like um, hand of God, like Jim Shockey's house. It just, my house doesn't have, like, I do have a lot of mounts, a lot of shoulder mounts, full mounts, but my house just doesn't have a lot of wall space. Yeah. Like a lot of windows, doors, and like, there's wainscoting throughout the entire house. So it kind of breaks up the walls and like small walls. So, you know, you can't hang like a caribou or a moose head off some of the walls. I mean, you can put deer antlers. Some of them have like antelope antlers there and like smaller, like goats or stuff like that. But yeah, but I have, I think 10 mounts out right now that are coming back or that will be coming back. So a lot of, that's nine and nine shoulder and a full mount. So yeah, well, that's why I'm trying to give her on the addition. Like there's still going to be probably like in the spring, summertime. And like some of those are, are including, you know, like I just dropped off that white tail I shot. So, I mean, but you know, it takes, those guys get busy. They're starting to catch up now. Like they were way behind, but I think with COVID and everything, getting the forms and all that stuff and like, just everything kind of put a bunch of stuff behind so they are getting caught up but well that's good speaking of your uh your whitetail as uh it's nice to see that this year your uh your broadhead opened up on it obviously yeah and you're able to recover it yeah that's well not... it wasn't nearly as cold as it was and like we talked about me switching in the past and like i just getting really shitty consistency out of the and like we had Jordo on and like, he was talking about putting, you know, arrow consistency with broadheads, putting in the same hole. I'm like, fuck man. Those, for some reason, those sharpshooters, they just weren't flying great. Like, and I knocked tuned them. I did everything, you know, you need to do. They just weren't, they just weren't flying great. So I, like, I would have used them still. I mean, I was probably hitting within four, like they were less than four inch grouping. At like 50, 60 yards. Not horrible. Yeah. But you with those Grim Reapers, they're hitting a loony at 60 yards type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that speaks for itself, right? But there. it wasn't nearly as cold. Like, and that's one thing I struggled with all, all winter was with the weather, like trying to wait. Well, okay. I shouldn't say that. I was waiting for Ashley to go on this hunt. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunate for him, like I'll, I'll sum up the story and we can get him back on to describe, but he had some bad luck and his truck ended up off the side of the mountain. And so he spent, he was hunting the last weekend for mule deer. And then the plan was the following weekend, we were going to go hit it for whitetail. And he spent three days trying to retrieve his truck off the side of the mountain and he got it. So good for him, but I'll let him tell the whole story, but. Anyway, so I was waiting for him, missed the rut, which is not a big deal. I mean, like I don't, on years like this, I don't really like hunting the rut anyway. You know, I, I prefer to wait till the late season. But having said that, I prefer to wait till the late season if it's cold and we're getting some good weather because with the weather we had, it's really, really difficult. Yeah, I know you're you're messaging me hoping for that, uh, the big weather change just to get them kind of kicked in the ass to move around a little bit. Yeah, just to change up their pattern and just like their cycle a little tiny bit. Cause I like, I find is like if, if everything is good, like deer don't have, they're in no hurry. So they're not going to change anything. Like winter is coming, but if it's not here yet, they're not just going to be like, they're just going to keep doing the exact same thing while they can. Like those bucks are resting from the rut. So they're not going far. Yeah. So they're not getting up traveling these 
little extra just distances. And, you know, like one thing I discovered was if like when I was looking at like just because of how much time I actually got to study, like go and check trail cameras and I look at like what specifically what deer hitting at what time hitting these trail cameras. Yeah. And like not going in to hunt them. I learned like if you if you can kind of pattern them, you can kind of see how far back like you can kind of realize how far back their bedding area is from the places that they're coming to hit your trail cameras. So if they're hitting them. Sorry, are you finding the same buck on multiple cameras? Like Yeah, multiple cameras. So like in an area where, you know, he'd hit a trail camera at like, say nine o'clock. He'd hit another one at like two o'clock. And then he hit the same one again, that if the first one at like, you know, four. Gotcha. Or five o'clock, right? Like he's doing a big, big loop. Like he's almost like he's doing a loop where he's leaving. And like, so then you start, you start to realize like, hey, like, okay, maybe these trail cameras here, because it's so warm and there's food everywhere, that their bedding areas are a little further away from these places that they normally would hit when there's a foot of snow on the ground because there's accessible food now, right? So they're actually coming to it quicker, right? Or they're changing up their bedding area because now there's, you know, for the last month, there's been no pressure because guys can't get in there, right? The rifle season's still open, but guys just are unable to get in there and drive around. And I think that has a lot to do with, like, a lot of, you know, um, road traffic and, like, guys just ripping through and, like, places like that are those deer they kind of just go nocturnal and they stay nocturnal and they kind of push further in. But when there's a lot of snow, they, they have a tendency to be more comfortable and start pushing out. And like, I've always found that if there's lots of snow and it's cold, you know, you can, there's a lot more deer activity, but this year, because there was no snow and because it wasn't cold, guys were hunting till like the last day, last opportunity driving around. And so those bucks just, you know, they stayed in deep. Yeah. And the only thing is when you're bow hunting is when it's in deep, it's really thick. It's hard, right? Because you don't have, very good lanes so so once you pattern it like obviously you went in and checked your cameras at some point not as much as you'd like to um did you find that your your blinds that you had in there were kind of in the right spot or did you have to show no, anything around there well i did or move did the you... blinds around a lot and like i moved them around more than i normally did just because i wasn't hunting in them so I had the opportunity to move them around, right? Because the thing yeah. is, like, if you, I, I normally, if I move a blind, I'm not going to hunt in it right away. Yeah. So I did a lot of shuffling around, just checking trail cameras, slowly trying to get to places where these bucks were hitting in daylight hours. But still, like I said, it, it's like I was finding that because of the weather and because, you know, just the pressure and, like, just the lack to have to get up and move around to get to this bait. And, like, it was really warm like we're talking like above zero temperatures all day it's crazy even at night so like really what if if a buck that's tired can get up out of its bed move 20 yards 30 yards and just poke around and still get food really has no there's really no need for him to go any further right or change his routine and that's what i was finding and then as i noticed on these cameras like where they were hitting where they were hitting these trail cameras you know at in the early morning or, you know, middle of the night, they were just too far from his bedding area. Gotcha. So next, so that's one thing I learned. And, um, next, you know, if the weather's the same next year, I guess it all depends on the weather. 
Um, they're definitely a lot easier to predict when there's a lot of snow and it's cold. Yeah, that was that was my biggest thing this year. I mean, I didn't I didn't get a lot of time to pre-scout whitetail, just preoccupied with other hunts, but uh definitely found some areas where I want to kind of do what you did, you know, and like just I found some areas with tree lines in between, you know, cut blocks and stuff. And just once there was some snow on the ground, it was just like, holy shit, there's actually a lot of deer movement in here next year. You know, I've got a camera set up right now for the whole winter. I took it up to that, to this specific area just to see what's moving in there. Cause I haven't really hunted it much. I know there's deer in there, but it's kind of like, okay, let's find out what's in there first. And then next year come springtime, I'll probably do a bear hunter or two up there. It's like, okay, let's go set up a couple cameras and just mm-hmm. see see if we can figure out any corridors here. You know, look on Google Earth or whatever and just be like, okay, why are they traveling from point A to point B here? And yeah. uh, see if you just can't put a piece of the puzzle together and then be a little more prepared for, you know, whether that's your primary spot or secondary or whatever. At least you're a little more prepared as to where to go and how to approach it. Yeah, and I feel like whitetail season always sneaks up on us because, like, it's like elk, mule deer. If you have an LEH, you're going after that. And then by the time you're, like, you're done and you're getting into whitetail season, it's, like, it's almost too late to start patterning them unless you're willing to play the long game. And luckily, like, in the region I am, and you got till December 20th, so you can really – and you you do have a little bit extra time. But, I mean, I was actually – ready to hunt them at the end of October because all my other tags were except for a bear tag, which I never got there already punched. So yeah, um, I was ready to go, but just wait for a certain someone, but yeah, it happens. I mean, it worked out. I still got a deer and like that deer. I never had that deer on trail camera. Never, never seen him before. Now I know you, you move around a lot when you're elk hunting and mule deer hunting, obviously. Uh, do you ever try, capturing any of your whitetail hunts because being in a blind and stuff it does make it a little easier for setting up cameras and stuff have you ever tried it oh video yeah oh yeah dude like so uh so this is a funny story so i'm gonna start with like this whole so like i was talking to ashley he's like hey man i can't go so i'm like okay well fucking i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to work wednesday morning i'm gonna get the guys going and then i'm gonna buck out of here i'm gonna run out check as many trail cameras as i can and then you know, see which one, where I'm going to sit. And I kind of already had it in my head, like, hey, I'm going to check out this trip, like trail camera A, B, C, and then check out trail camera D last, and then sit in that blind that I had already set up. And the reason I picked D was because it, it was in the furthest off of the road. Like it was in deep, right? Yeah. And from what I, what I gathered earlier about being too far from their bedding area, that was the one that put me the closest in into like deepest into where I, I feel, felt like they were betting. So I throw all my stuff in my truck, head down there, start throwing everything in my fort, in my little SUV. And I realize I don't have a rangefinder. Oh shit. Like <laughs> not the most important part of a bow hunt, but it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, are you is. kidding me? And I have two rangefinders, and I'm like, how in the when the fuck did I take it out? And I I took it out sometime, and I never put it back. And so oh. I'm scrambling. I'm like, well, maybe Wyatt has one. And I I knew he didn't have one. I'm just wishful thinking, right? So I'm like, fuck. So then I'm like, and like we're down in in an area where you know my I park my SUV where we have our 36 foot 
um, trailer that never leaves down at my folks house. So I'm like, Hey, well, I'm going to go look through the trailer and like open up the cabinet. I look at breeze bag, no range finder. I'm like Hunter. So I go through, open up his top cabinet. There's a cheap little like $80 range finder up there. Yeah. And I like go to flick it. I'm like, fuck it. It works. It's good. I'm yeah. gone. So <laughs> luckily the seven-year-old had his shit together more than me or else I would have had to drive all the way back, but it worked out. So then I head up and I'm going and I get, as soon as I turn off the paved road to get into, like I start getting up higher, it starts snowing and I turned off the paved road and get on the dirt road. And then I'm like, my four wheel drive doesn't work. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I'm like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me here? So like, what's going on with my four wheel drive? So I'm like, just keep it in four high thinking, well, maybe it's just cold. It's going to need some time to click in. Nothing. So I get out, go underneath and start tapping it, right? Tapping the transfer case where they, it's electric. So it's got that little motor. So I just tap it thinking maybe it's cold. Solenoid in there. Yeah. Nothing. I'm like, fuck, how far can I make it? Not far, right? No four wheel drive, not far. So I'm like, oh, so I'm sitting there thinking like, man, maybe I can just throw these chains on. So I turn the truck off and the four wheel drive was still engaged, right? Turn the truck off, put it in gear. And I grabbed the chains out of the back and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to back up here and just go over top of my tracks to put the chains on. So it's easier. Turn the truck on and the four wheel drive works. So I'm like, oh God. But now in my truck, to engage or disengage the four-wheel drive, you have to turn the vehicle off. So you have to turn the vehicle oh, off, put it in four-wheel drive, turn it on, and it'll stay in four-wheel drive. And to get it out, you have to turn it off, put it in two-wheel drive, turn it back on again, and it'll stay in two-wheel drive or click in two-wheel drive. Oh, that's not good. So anyway, so this is Wednesday. Like This is Wednesday at like, I don't know, maybe 12, 1230. So I, I get in there, hike in, check trail camera, go back. Put another area, check a trail camera, go back, blah, 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 get to the, finally get to the last place where I had figured in my head where I was going to check the trail camera and sit in the blind, right? The one closest in the bush. And so I go through the trail camera pictures and there's one, one doe on the trail camera. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking with me right now? And I was like, man, I made a bad call. So like, I'm sitting in the blind. I'm like, maybe I should leave. I'm looking at my watch. It's like two o'clock. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can't leave now. No, there's not a lot of day left, left. like maybe two hours, but it's going to take me half an hour to get to another place. And I was like, you know what? I got lots of time here. I'm just going to sit here. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to set up the video camera and I'm just going to figure this video camera thing out. Cause I told Stuckless I would video camera this for him. So I'm like, I even put, I, I don't use lighted knocks. Right. I even put lighted knocks in just so I could get this video footage of this hunt for him. I had it set up so money, like set the camera up, got all settled. Like I had it perfectly. I had my camera set up so money zoomed in right where the deer would have walked in. Like you, you couldn't set this up any better. And like, so I'm not good with cameras, right? Stuckless has been, you know, he's been coaching me along. It's been, you know, um, so I set the camera up, I get ready, I do my thing in my, in the blind, you know, I draw my bow back, make sure nothing's, my arrow's not going to hit anything, make sure my elbow's not going to hit the back of the tent, get everything good to go, put my bow down, you know, my, my release is knocked on, my D-loop, everything's money, camera's sitting there, it's not, I haven't hit record yet, and after like, and after a bit, I noticed it goes into sleep mode. 
Okay. And I was like, okay, just sleep mode, right? And like I figured, like a computer, you know, you just touch a button and it's good to go, right? Yeah. Never thought about it, right? I'm just like sitting there. And so like it's getting dark. I can see it's starting to get dark. And like all of a sudden I hear the snow go. Chk, 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 and oh, deer man. starts walking in. So I'm like, oh, right. On. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that's a buck. I've never seen that guy before. Oh, that's a good buck. <laughs> So he walks in and he does this thing, you know, he, he takes a couple steps and he looks around, looks at the blind, like in the blind area, looks around. So then I, as soon as he looks away, I go up and I, I get the camera ready, like turn it a little bit to him. And then I push the record button and, yeah. and it like takes a, a second and then it turns on, but the light's not flashing. Oh no. So then I hit the record button again. And nothing happened, right? So I hit the record button again. And then I see the light flash up. And I didn't look back at the camera because I had the screen set up to me. But I already had it zoomed in. It was an auto zoom. It was just like so money. Yeah. Like, so now I'm looking at the deer. And as he's walking by, and, you know, I pick my, grab my bow and I pick it up. And he looks over. So I, I just freeze, put, close my eyes, right? Just so I'm not looking him in the eyes. And after a second or two, he just goes back to doing his thing. So then I... I you know, adjust a little bit and he looks over again, you know, just going through the process in the blind and does this thing. So then I draw back, he looks over and I release and you could just see the knock flying and hit him perfectly. And like he goes 30 feet, 30 yards and drops, right? Bloodbath everywhere. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm like, this is like, I'm more pumped that I got it on camera. Yeah. Film. Then I about the deer because it's not like the biggest but like the biggest whitetail I ever shot, but it's a good buck. But I'm still so pumped I got this on. Like like this was like the best in my mind. It was like the best setup for camera ever. Yeah. I look over and the light's not flashing. Oh no, <laughs> fuck! And I'm like, what the fuck? So now I'm like, I don't even care about the deer, but like I'm like, oh man. So I, I look at the deer. I'm looking at the camera. I'm like, I don't want to start fumbling with the with the camera yet because I I want to keep my eye on the deer, and I already have another arrow knocked right and i'm looking at the deer i got my bow in one hand i'm trying to like fiddle with the camera and every like second i'm looking over you know out the window of the blind trying to see if it makes sure that deer's down and then so i'm like well i can't do anything about the camera now so i gotta just focus on the deer so i get out of the blind walk over and he's dead as a doornail by the time i got there and so now i go back to the camera I sit down and start fucking with this camera. I'm like, what in the fuck? Man, oh, I was man. so, so rattled. I sat and then I was like, oh my God. So what I did was after I, so it was in sleep mode. I hit the button and it got it out of sleep mode. I hit the button again. It started recording. And then I hit, and then, but it, the light didn't flap up right, flash up right away. So I hit the button again and it turned it off, but it was still playing. Like the camera. Like so it was like a delayed on the second little one tiny, little tiny, maybe like second delay. But like, soon as I hit it the third time, I focused on the deer instantly because yeah. I had just seen the little red light pop up, but it popped yeah. up once from the second time I hit the button and oh, I'm focused on the, the deer thing. right away. Right. Yeah. Like I'm focused on the deer right away. Right. I'm not worried yeah. now this is playing. I'm just focusing on this deer. Cause like oh, I, he was walking by the the opening I had, I didn't want him to pass up. Like I didn't want him to move, right? He was 49 yards away. So, you know, the, 
the blinds they limit your movement but they can still hear you in there right and then yeah. with the snow and everything it echoes so yeah Dude. i was fucking rattled about that i was more rattled about that than i was happy about getting the deer i was like fuck me but Cause, yeah because it's a lot of work setting up those cameras and you gotta hope that everything works out i mean it's hard enough as it is bow hunting blind or no blind for everything to work out you know the thousand choices you make leading up to it are all right oh, dude, and it, it would have been a thousand and one screws it up so it's like to get the camera on it as well it's just like it's one more thing that can go wrong yeah. that did go wrong and it's it like, was like the perfect setup you could like you would have been able to see that light and knock fine uh, like it went hit the deer and it went like 30 yards like kept going 30 yards right through really? the deer. you would have seen it fly out of the deer and the deer run and like it would have just been so money and i was like oh my god oh shit so that's too bad now yeah the comparison there like if i was going to set up cameras i think i'd want to set them up in a blind versus i've seen i've seen quite a few clips of guys hauling all their shit up into a tree stand and having them all you know screwed into the tree or whether they've got uh i don't know if if they've got just camera mounts that are i don't know strapped Strapped, to the yeah. tree it's probably strapped That's mine's strapped so i have one of Yours those muddy strapped. arms okay. okay and then you have that like that's not really hard to set up actually it's pretty easy oh, you okay. get everything set up before and then you just it has that little clip so basically it's just pulling it up i i actually tied mine in a loop put it over my back walked up okay. the tree stand pulled my bow up with the camera above it on on the string that i have dangling off it not really so just, hard to set up. Okay, so just a matter of leaving it out there, like most. I don't of it, leave it out there. Okay. I take it. I took it. I like when I leave, I take it out with me. This was the first oh, okay. year that I started doing this. I never bothered to fuck around with it before, but you know, um, just working with Stuckless there and trying to get some some footage. Um, yeah, absolutely. But man, I was sure was bummed about that fucking camera. Like it was just like, <sighs> like, and I know I don't ever shoot light and locks. I only put them on just so you could get that in the camera and like him and I went over, I was up till like two o'clock in the morning, the night before just learning like ISOs and white balance and all the stuff and like how to shoot and like frames per second to shoot and learning all this stuff so I can get this footage for him since I knew he wasn't coming. And then, so I, I, it, I send him a message and I'm like, buck down. And he's like, fuck off. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, and then I'm like, down and i think i said i can't remember what i said i'm like you're not going to be happy and he's like did you get it on film and i was like didn't answer and then i had to call him and tell him <laughs> the story and he's like oh fuck now you know my pain oh but he's man. like he's like well you know i kind of expect that because if you would have phoned me and said hey i got this perfect buck on perfect like film perfectly he said he would know how to handle it just because if anything could go wrong for him this year it's, it seems to oh. be going wrong so no doubt. And you got, you got to think that anybody who's done extensive filming like that, like the amount of hours they're putting in, the fatigue, everything, every one of them's got to have a similar story of some sort like that, if yeah. not multiple. You know, you're just so much going on that you're trying to capture. And yeah. Well, it's funny too, because he said to me, he's like, man, he's like, knowing you, you're going to go out and shoot the fucking, shoot a buck, a good buck in the first <laughs> night. And I was like, dude, like, I'm like, no, no, it's fucking, and sure enough, 
I go in the blind two hours later and this freaking nice buck walks out and I drill it. Well, I don't I don't understand what everybody's problem is. This shit's easy. <laughs> well, hey man, like I I have like there's a lot of still a lot of suffering and agony and pain oh, like, yeah. associated with a lot of other stuff. A lot of hours put in checking trail cameras. So it's not like yeah, that worked out really good that one time, but yeah. there's been times where I fucking sat till the last day, the last minute. Of the oh, last man, sometimes day. sometimes things just come together in certain years for a person at, yeah. from beginning to end. Everybody, you know, like this year you had a hell of a year. I've met other people, you know, it's 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 hit or miss. Sometimes it's just like bang, elk, bang, moose, bang, mule deer, and you're just like, All right, well, I'm cheering you on because I want you to punch every bloody tag you got in your pocket. And yeah, it's just it's cool mm-hmm. when it works out like that. Yeah, yeah and you like don't I've, see had, the I've had and yeah, you don't see the suffering, you don't see the time put in, but like, man, like I, I hunted a lot for spring bear and never got a spring bear. And I mean, I, yeah. you know, in terms of like tags punched this year, I punched one, two, three, four, five tags. Yeah. So two elk, buffalo, mule deer, whitetail. I've punched a lot more tags in a year than that. I mean, this is probably the most, like this was probably my, my best year bow hunting. I should say. Yeah. Um, since I switched to just going with a bow, but I mean, there's been sh- years where I've killed, you know, elk, sheep, goats, um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, deer, multiple deer and bears and stuff. Um, so like in terms of tags punch, it's not my most successful, but I mean, like, um, you know, I'm definitely happy with how it turned out and like two elk in a year is, is definitely, is definitely awesome, especially with a bow. Yeah. And, I mean, next year, obviously, I'm thinking about three. I just don't know how to get three because you can only get one in BC. And if I go to Alberta, get another one, I'll have to go down in the States to get one or maybe Ontario. But you can't hunt them in Saskatchewan and you can't hunt them yeah, in, Manitoba. in Manitoba. I don't know how you do that. I'd have to go down the U.S. But in order to go to the U.S., I have to resolve a few passport issues I have Yeah, of being allowed down there. Or allowed back. I don't know. Maybe I'm allowed down there. They're just <laughs> yeah, it's a matter of <laughs> coming back. <laughs> he, just tell him you know me. Well, I don't know. You remember that one time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. It's already, even though, yeah, this year it started off good for me, you know, with my bear and all that. And it was a rough go. I mean, it was an exciting season nonetheless, even though I only punched one more tag after that. But, uh, Man, it's already, doesn't even matter that it's a new year. Already out flinging arrows in the snow. Yeah. Let us start getting ready for next year. Like, it's just, yeah, just I have one stop. more, one more, like one more. Ungul- I'm going to go fallow deer hunting. Oh, that's right, too. When are you going to do that? I haven't worked out the exact dates yet with, um, but I'm still working on that. Um, so it'll be in January. Okay. So I'll go, I mean, obviously I have zero expectations going there. Hunting an animal I've never hunted before in a place I've never hunted before. So, it, you know, and I'm going by myself, so it's going to be extremely challenging, obviously. Um, but, you know, basically just take everything else I've learned from hunting over the years and, and all the other animals and kind of just apply them and find, see what works. I don't know. Just do what I can. But it's That'll be a, be a pretty cool hunt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. It, it'd be really nice to get uh, my hands on one. So there's another mount. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, my wife would love that. Great thing to put it right behind you there in between your two deer. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not very big. <laughs> like big they're 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 definitely a neat neat animal, those fallow deer. So it's cool yeah. that we have them here. Um so yeah, that that'll be good. And then I guess we'll get out and maybe do some predator control in the wintertime. But uh Bree, she we went down on Friday because she passed her test and all that stuff. And so we actually we've had her 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 letter her form right her her form with her number on we just had to go down to service canada and get her actual fwid number awesome so we went down and got that and right away she wanted a bobcat tag so now she wants a bobcat so i said well, awesome good. no that'll be a lot of fun there for sure yeah yeah it's pretty quick here i might just after christmas might head down and restock the batteries and a few cameras and Definitely bring the rifle with me. Hopefully catch a couple of coyotes or wolves or something like that and try to help yeah, the deer I left out down there. All my trail cameras out and I plan on leaving them out all winter this year. I'm not gonna take any out. I'm just gonna leave them. I mean, are you gonna figured... reposition any of them? No, just... I'm gonna leave them right where they are and then just see what happens over the winter time and and you know maybe get lucky in the spring or find something that I never knew was there. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for as well. And also learning corridors for late season. That's yeah. not so much for early season. It's like, okay, they were moving here about this time last year. A couple of weeks earlier is probably going to be the same sort of routines, more or less. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I took all of my blinds out except for one blind that's in a different area that I'll take out. I'll bring the boys down and we can go. It's really easy to get to that one. I mean, we can park and then just do a, not a okay. long walk in, snowshoe in and get it. I'm um, going to took, assume that you leave your, or sorry, you take your tree stand and everything. You got one or two tree stands. I'm assuming you yeah. take those out. I have three tree stands. I already okay. have two down and one's still up because we're still trying to get wide a deer. We have till the 20th. Oh, okay. Um, what was I going to say about tree stands? Oh yeah. Those tree stands. So like taking tree stands down is the hardest fucking thing ever. They need to come up with a better way of taking tree stands down. Especially once that that belt that they use, it gets snow on it, and then the snow melts and it freezes, and it's like a fucking ice cube. I think next year what I'm going to okay. do is I'm going to figure out a way, find a strap that it can use, a ratchet strap, as opposed to the cinch system they have. And then that way I can always unlock the ratchet strap. But when you're hanging onto a tree 30 feet in the fucking air, and you got you need both hands to try to get this you know, try to get it undone. It's a real cock. So what are you doing? You just running up like one of those stick ladders up there or are you just pegs. strapped in and so I just screw okay. the like turn the pegs into the tree up, yep. go up. Um they work good. I mean I do like those the the ladders you just strap. Yeah. Um, you know, then you're not putting holes in the tree. Not that, you know, a half inch hole is really gonna do anything to that those trees anyway. Um but still That's then I was curious how you guys got those up. I've only seen a couple of videos, but I know there's a few different styles and stuff like that. I've just got a climber. So I just yeah. basically, if I want to go up a tree, I have to, you know, I climb it, limit on my way up just to prep it for the actual yeah. season. Itself. Those are the best. And like my brother, he makes those things. Um, oh, does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he makes them. He makes really, really good ones, um, but they're heavy. Yeah. But for him, like he's a fucking little bull. So it's like, he doesn't care at all. But I grab those things. And I'm like, holy fuck, man! Can you make this thing any heavier? What is this like quarter inch steel? He makes them out of aluminum, but it's like, Jesus. Oh, okay. But 
Yeah, well, that's good. He's fallen out of trees before because shit's broke. Oof. So he doesn't want to. He's like, I don't want to do that again. Oh man, I couldn't imagine. I've, I haven't fallen, but I've felt them kind of. I'm sure it was only like a quarter inch or whatever. But when you're sitting in them, and something kind of lets go a little bit oh, and then dude, digs it, in. I've done. It. It's a bad feeling. Yeah, it's a gross so, feeling. Your your asshole puckers up pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I'm sure there's certain trees that are better for than others. Like that's why I like our fir trees. Sometimes I have a hard time positioning it so that it's level because you know of how it's not a smooth surface on a big fir tree. That bark is really you know in and out, but at the same time, it's a lot softer than like a poplar or something like that. I'd much rather dig into a fir tree once I kind of lean into it. The teeth mm-hmm. on those things just sink right in. It's not going anywhere, but yeah, it's a matter of getting them sunk in. Yeah, I've only ever used them for whitetail hunting. Oh, okay. So, but when I go to Saskatchewan next year to hunt with Muck for spring bear, he uses tree stands. Yeah. Because these are allowed to bait there. So that'll be interesting. That's a hunt I'm really excited to do for next year. That'll be pretty cool. I mean, outside of, you know, the usual elk, whitetail, mule deer, bear, I guess we'll just see what the LEHs bring. It's going to be interesting. We've got a reg change this year too. So we'll see. I imagine there's going to be some caribou shut down, maybe some more moose, unfortunately, in the northern parts. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some changes to the archery seasons. I have heard rumor about that from some sources that that is being chatted about how much. They're, they're not sure how serious they are about it, but they are contemplating um, extending archery season a little bit and potentially shortening up we'll talk elk anyway potentially adjusting i'll say from what i've heard um rifle for elk uh whether that's province-wide i have no bloody idea you know yeah we've seen what my region is like compared to yours yeah well bc is such a big place too and it's really hard i mean you know if you're comparing it to like say Montana or a place like that, uh, Idaho, right? I mean, you're going to fit yeah. four of those into one, into one British Columbia. So yeah. It's, and they've, uh, cause they're seriously talking about, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but the way the government likes to go, they like to run to LEH right away. LEH doesn't solve the problem because you got to that point somehow in the first place. So you got to kind of figure out what's causing the population decline or whatever the issues are to solve the issue. So I'm hoping that they try something else other than going to LEH. Because it's not gonna it's not gonna be a long term fix. It'll be a short term band-aid, but I think it's hard to get stuff off LEH once it goes there. So cross our fingers and hope something works out. And yeah, that's an interesting call. You know, I'd love to hear what people think about that. Would you guys rather see? I mean, obviously, if you don't shoot a bow or you you know, you're not an archer, you're obviously gonna you're not going to give a shit about a longer archery season. You're probably going to be against it, but would you guys rather see a longer archery season and still have the opportunity to rifle hunt in a shorter time frame, in a shortened season or yeah. LEH altogether completely? Yeah. Those are your options. So like basically we can extend the archery season, shorten the rifle season, keep the hunt or put it all in LEH. Or maybe they ship the, the rifle season forward or ahead a little more. If they don't shorten it, I have no idea what they're going to do. What do you mean, do. ship it ahead? Well, let's say like right now, rifle season starts September 10th. So if they extend archery season, let's say past that, 
then you adjust. Normally, rifle season ends October 20th, let's say. Well, what if they pushed rifle season to a later. the end of October, mm-hmm. two weeks later? Like, you know, you shift everything forward two weeks later. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, saying or that's... Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I mean, even go like September archery and then rifle October. from October 1st to middle of November. Yeah, just throwing it out there. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but be interesting yeah. to hear people's thoughts it, w- like it would depend on where you're at again too there's certain areas where everything migrates down low it might not yeah, it actually might... be good it might not well it might be good for hunters but it might not be good for well then it comes in time terms of access too i mean if yes. the animals have no reason to come down low they're not going to right yeah um if they got everything they need up high and where they're comfortable they're not going to come down yeah. uh, and i think that was a lot of struggle with guys chasing mule deer this mule deer this year was the fact that there was no snow pushing those bucks down, right? I mean, that combined with the fact that we had a really wicked winter last year. And if you talk to Robbie Denning, you know, uh, when him and I chatted, you know, he said, winter is the biggest killer of mule deer. And I mean, in British Columbia, that's true too. That combined with road collisions, they're, you know, those are definitely the two contributing factors to low mule deer. Yeah. I mean, we can't hunt the does. So that argument's out of there. And like, that's, you know, that, hunting whitetail does i mean that's you know who really knows if that's good or bad because i mean you talk to some people and they say no you need to manage like if you want a better population of a specific animal that you're going to need to manage the does like do you need two yeah you know maybe do doe season archery during archery season who knows right but maybe you probably don't need to kill two does no, okay. You know, a, a camp can go in and kill six does. Three guys can go kill six does. You definitely don't need that, I don't think. But I mean, you I would definitely love to see do... more science behind that. And then if it's like, okay, we need to manage this, and be like, okay, we need this many numbers. We'll throw that on LEH then. Be like, this is how many tags we should, you know, we should cut back about this many does, you know, to get those numbers. Throw the LEH out there for that. Yeah, you can go get your doe, rifle or bow, whatever, and then you're kind of keeping your numbers. I'm just all about science, long-term yeah. game, game with science. That's how I am. I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to anything. Just I just want to make sure it makes sense. That's all. Listen to the biologists. They do this shit for a living. Yeah, we need to get someone on, like, but not that's in the States. They need to be on in Canada because yeah. I think there's going to be a big difference between what happens in mid-USA than in British Columbia. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of difference between what happens in Alberta and British Columbia. I think so too. Um, but maybe we'll do that. So, any plans for the holidays? What are we? Um, we're less than ten days to Christmas, I guess. Ten eh? days till Christmas. Right now, I am prepping walls for paint. Uh, getting ready for flooring. It's a disaster down in my basement right now. Um. I'm just kind of going through the motions, just trying to, like I was saying, get everything lined up at work. So everything's nice and smooth for when I'm kind of not completely solo, but just trying to make sure all the machines and everything are in good working order. So I'm not stressed and uh, just kind of taking it easy over the holidays and chipping away at my, uh, my reno downstairs in between, in between family time, of course. You? Oh, I started trying to get back into routine here of, of uh working out i got a lot of i got a lot of things i gotta fix so i'm gonna shoot my neighbor a text today and see if we can uh 
get in the gym here and get some of my pains and aches worked on. Obviously, every this time every year, it seems like it's kind of it's kind of the normal. It's kind of the usual, but this year seems like there's a lot more. I also yep. am a year older. I'm not as old as you yet, but well, you um, damn right you are. You are. Maybe old. I'm as old as you. I just don't look as old as you. Yeah, or something. Like well, there that. is that. Must be all the white in the beard here, <laughs> dude. I have, I have white everywhere. So I started going gray when I was like in my twenties. Yeah, well, I hear you there. Um, is your your hip and knee? How are those going? Or is it well, everything? Well, my knee, and my hip is not bad. It's, okay. I mean, it's still day, like good days, bad days. Knee, I buggered my knee up. Oh, my shit. knee that I had surgery on for, but I mean, these are kind of things you know. My shoulder every year about this time. I have shoulder problems, you know, the pack, neck really stiff. So it's like I go through about a bottle of Tiger Bomb a day. But it's kind of the normal for this time of the year just because, you know, when I'm home for work, I go really hard so I can make enough, make up for enough time that I'm taking off. Yeah. And then, you know, I still like to train throughout the year. Don't train nearly as hard, so that's no excuse. I don't shoot my bow as much. Which I don't know if that's good or bad, so that might be, you know, I don't shoot it as much, but like yesterday when I shot a shit ton of arrows, and I probably shouldn't have shot that much because after my neck and my arm were like, holy fuck. Gotcha. So, yeah, so I'm just going to work on that and try to, try to, you know, get the body back into, back into feeling good, and then maybe in the new year I'll start going through, you know, start my normal process I do of archery, you know, just short you know going to the garage again and just go 10 Start feet away tinkering. from my target yeah and just yeah. get my feel back for my shot you know the my process and then yeah kind of just try to make it through the winter yeah, buddy wait for there. spring bear turkey season i don't yeah i i, I haven't yeah. shot a turkey like i didn't shoot a turkey last year but this year because there's so many of those damn birds i think uh i think i'm gonna take one out i think you guys need to come down and take one out as well I think we're definitely going to talk about that. See if we can't do that. I'm going to be all ready. Do a little tinkering with my, my arrow setup and everything. I think this year and don't know what I'm going to do. I think I might make it a little heavier just cause it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> make your arrows heavier. But yeah. I got that. I got that fact weight system. Um, yeah. And my gold tip arrows there. So it's, it, it's as easy as it gets to screwing in some weights. And if I don't like the results, you just, take them out go back to where i yeah. was like yeah. that's that's where i do enjoy it so yeah and then, yeah just messing around with fletchings and stuff like that and you're gonna keep your fletchings the same you're gonna go to a lower I'm, I'm low profile you're gonna well i got the blazer for blazer going so who knows i might i might try some some longer ones maybe lower profile just to see how they go mm-hmm. i may try because i plan on doing a ton of 3d this year but flipping in between bear season and that's when prime archery season is for 3d shoots. Um, I do have to adjust my sights a bit, not a ton, but a bit for, from going to where my fixed blades fly and everything. So I may actually even try a mechanical setup for bear this year, just so, and see if I have to adjust my sights at all, or see if they are going to fly as close as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. The less adjusting I have to do just means the less time I have out of the range and I can just shoot in my backyard and shoot, you know, it's, 
I don't have to worry about the inconsistencies as much. I mean, when my broadheads, when my fixes are, are flying, I mean, they're pounding, they're grouping so nice. So I don't care that I have to adjust my sight a little bit, you know, up or down or whatever. Those fixed blades are, are pounding, but I don't want to be going to an archery shoot. And then it's like, okay, tomorrow night I got I want to go out for bear because I have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And now I got to change up my sight a little bit. And then the following weekend, I'm going to an archery shoot again. I don't want yeah. to be doing that. I want to eliminate as much of that as I can. Since you're uh, so heavily into these 3D things, and I mean, you had an amazing year and you're going to have to go, you're going to have to go for that first place this year at the goal the nationals i think anyway it it's been on my mind it's a hell of a drive not drive sorry it's a hell of a trip a flight out there trip yeah it's all the way to the east coast so but i feel hey man you know yeah you only live once buddy yeah i would love to do it again in preparation for the one in alberta in two years so yeah i think you should i think i mean with the performance you did last year i mean i'm um are you going to, have you ever thought about running, just getting a 3D setup and like having a hunting setup and a 3D setup, having two uh, different setups and leaving one alone just for specifically 3D, you know, where you can put a back bar on, you can put a longer stabilizer. Well, I kind of, I don't have two bows, a lot of money to invest in that. Um, maybe slowly over the years, if I can uh, snatch up another bow and get it set up, that, that would be prime. I don't think I'd want the big back bars and all that kind of stuff. I kind of like the hunter division that I'm in mostly because it represents, it's the closest thing that I can do to prepare for actual hunting season. Mm -hmm. Just the way this are you not allowed back bars in the division you're in? It is very, I'm not saying I'd have to look back at the rules. It's not that you're not allowed. It's that you're only allowed certain measurements. Even my front one, my front stabilizer, I believe has to be, I can't remember if it's 12 inches or under, if it's 10 inches or under. Really? I run a 15 inch up front and my sidebar. Yeah. I can tell you right now, the 15 inch is not allowed in the hunter division. It depends which division you're in. That's the thing. That's my, so my hunting setup is with a 15 inch and I have a sidebar and I used to have a longer, like I've messed, played with longer sidebars. I, I like the six inch. I would like, I like the way. The balance you get from like an eight or 10 inch bar on there. But I don't like when it, like it, I always find that that bar being a little longer, he's getting in the way. So I run a six inch and I just put extra weight on it. Okay. Yep. Now see where it also depends on where it mounts on your bow too, because a lot of the bows are going to that lower mount now. Yeah. Um, where that's, that's, yeah. Okay. So that, that same eight inch that used to be in the middle of your bow if you put that on your lower end, the way that the frames are built these days, it's acting like a 12 inch now, mm-hmm. depending yeah, on, you true. know, depending on the shape. Yeah. yeah so and it's how actually, mine are in that bottom, they're in the bottom. Yes. Bottom, um, like the, well, fuck the bottom spot you can put, you know, they don't run off your stabilizer mount. They run off that bottom back bar mount. Yeah. And like some of them. So a lot of people now too are running their stabilizer on their lower mount, you know how now all yeah. stabilizers have two mounts for your stabilizer. They got that small little stabilizer and the big one or the normal yeah. stabilizer mount. Sorry, having trouble talking here. So that's if another thing the, too is you're yeah. only allowed one. You're only allowed I know, one but front if you stabilizer. Have, so it's like holding. Imagine holding a hammer in your hand, right? Yeah. If you're holding a hammer like this, it's a lot harder to balance. If you hold it like this, 
yep. and all the weights down below, the lower the weight, the easier it is to balance, right? So you can actually get away. I mean, it kind of like the point of a, a long stabilizer and a back bar is because basically you have equal pressure on both ends and it yes. creates more it's more stable right the stability is better if it has more pressure on it right if something's firm it's going to be more stable rather than being all wobbly but in terms of like if you took a 10 inch bar and lowered it you might get the same results because not only just the shape of your riser you might get more results or more results of what you're looking for in a longer stabilizer by moving like a 10 inch stabilizer down to that bottom bracket absolutely and the other thing you have to watch for is in a lot of those categories, um, they have speed restrictions or pound, sorry, poundage restrictions. So oh, you really? have to be careful. Like, I believe, don't quote me, but I believe in I'm my division, quote you. in my division, I believe it had to be 70 pounds or less. Okay. So you don't so, want like, to go they in there. A, they oh yeah, a, you, yeah. When I went in there, I had knock and arrow. And then obviously you're aiming at a target just in case yeah. shit happens. So um, you seen you know, that. Yeah, I've seen that happen. So yeah, they've got a person who you pull back, they check your weight, they make sure where you're at. And as long as you're in there, otherwise you have to do adjustments. Now, can you imagine if you were a pound or two over, it would fuck everything up. Everything on your cables, take a twist out and that'd be a fucking nightmare. You don't want to start doing that. Like, and we're talking the day before your shoot or the night before your shoot. So what is your bow pullback now? Because the boy... I've had a ton of string stretch on mine because I've shot so much. Well, that's um, what we're talking like string stretch. So all of a sudden like, you have yeah. to be really cognizant of what your strings are doing and when they're doing it. So when I first got this new set of strings on, I think it was 71 pounds is where they sat and they're all pre-stretched, all that kind of stuff. So they sat at 71 pounds. By the time I did nationals in, when was that? Was that? July must have been July, beginning of August, August long weekend, I believe. I think I was down to 60, I don't know, 66, 67 pounds. Um, right. Now I had already accommodated for all that because I kept switching sight tapes as my summer went along because I would notice things are consistently hitting low mm-hmm. and I would go check it again and again and again at 60 yards with a piece of, we just put like green masking tape horizontal at 60 yards and just aim for that. It didn't matter where on that, but just aim for that. And then I could tell whether I need to change my sight tape or not. So I don't know. I, I, I would like to. Well, I, that makes a big difference on your sight tape. Oh you yeah. Start getting string stretch. Well, one or two, one or two numbers in your sight tape is yeah. huge, especially yeah. when you're talking about 3d shoots and stuff like that, where, oh, dude, you know, you miss that freaking you know, 10 X couple times. Well, I just took you out of the running potentially. Yeah. It makes a huge so, difference. My, I mean, my I PSE, my Omen is 67. Okay. Just over 67. And that Fortis is 78 and they're both 70 pound bows. Wow. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be shooting much longer either of those bows. So we got why is that? Just well, something on the go. Yeah. Something we'll on the go. It. Right we'll on. Put it in a little bit here. Absolutely. Um, something I wouldn't mind doing come the new year here is I wouldn't mind uh, geeking out a little bit on strings and stuff, maybe bringing on uh, a company or two um, and just talking about strings, talk about the difference yeah. and why some stretch more than others. And talk about, you know, not saying yeah. that one is one is better than the other, but just 
what finding out the differences in them. I know nothing about them. Good yeah. string. Yeah. All right. Throw that shit on there. Let's see how she rips. <laughs> yeah. And we, we got a good, good number of uh, suggestions for guests throughout the new year. And I think we're going to get into some gear talk in January. So kind of figured maybe all January, we'll just geek out on gear and then maybe get into some health stuff and some yeah. more gear until spring bear sp- starts and then kind of just dive back into spring bear and hit that hard. I definitely didn't tag out on a bear last year and still a little bitter about that. I already talked to a few buddies of mine um, because I want to get my bear with my bow this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, but some of the areas we're going into are like heavy grizzly areas. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so you want to come with me and just be back up with the rifle? <laughs> Yeah. I'm going well, not that it would matter, matter depending on how close you get. Did I ever send you that picture of the grizzly uh, bear on trail camera eating the moose? Uh, no. No, I don't think you did. Why didn't I? I don't know. Hold on a sec here. I'm going to send you this picture here. So just keep, All right. just keep talking about something here while I find it. Okay, it's right here. Yeah, it it's... Uh... Like I, I really want to go after my bear sure. with. I just sent it to you. So okay, bowl, but imagine look, imagine going to pick your trail camera pictures, and oh, then shit. flipping through, and all of a sudden you find this one, and you're oh, like, "What the fuck?" Okay, no, this here you did send me this picture. I do remember that. I did, yeah. I figured I would have because like that's not my picture, um, but it's just too cool oh. not to share. Yeah. I'll post it on my Instagram page. Holy cow, you're close. Zoom I don't out. know what happened there. That's a good look for you. You really do look old. Right, <laughs> I look old, man. <laughs> See, so this is kind of like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? You have your kids <laughs> early. They stress you out lots when you're young and make you look old, but then you get rid of them young. If you have them late like me, you still look, you know, tight. Eh. Face is all tight, no wrinkles. Well, there's no wrinkles underneath this Santa Claus beard here. <laughs> Those are just smile lines there. Laugh lots. I get to laugh at you guys now because I'm like, oh, you, you yeah, got kids. That's stuff what to those do. are from. Those those are new. These are <laughs> laugh lines that you fucking guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it zoomed in like that. That's what happens when I check your your pictures. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Phone look, just pop back like this. Whatever. Is what good. it is. Got the blue steel look going on. That's right. I just need the the eye look just like yeah there you go all right buddy well let's wrap this up you betcha all right we'll talk to you later okay man later all right